Welcome to Our World Plainly Seen, insights and commentary on the world around us with Dr. Frank Kaufman. Good morning. I'm going to do a piece which I've entitled, Did I Just Say That Out Loud? Subtitle, The Transition from Thought to Speech and the Three Freedoms Required for Dignity. Did I just say that out loud? The transition from thought to speech and the three freedoms required for dignity. Human beings have two parts to our makeup, our spiritual side and our physical side. There are a great many inclined to deny human spirituality because it is not easily measured by tools by which material reality is measured and tested. There are two things to note about groups and individuals prone to deny human spirituality. One is almost no one does so rigorously. If, if we take a close look at those denying the reality of human spirituality, it almost always reveals a complete affirmation of spiritual reality, but just by a different name. In truth, what is usually being denied or rejected is established religion with all of its hideous blemishes, and in many cases, that rejection is understandable. The second thing is, there is a tendency to flatten the range of human genius and creativity and knowing to the thin phantom of fact. Instead of the rich and abundant, fascinating universe of knowledge and wisdom. So, that being said, this particular attempt to deny human spirituality or spiritual reality is a form of materialism which is called scientism. It's bound to fact as its primary um, datum or, or thing which it would in which it binds truth in this narrow small and relatively uninteresting way well no it's interesting i should say scientism has been especially demonic in the past couple of years while we're watching people who imagine themselves as uncommonly intelligent faithfully hurting themselves behind a pure Alice in Wonderland nonsensical term like settled science. This is, this is a, uh, what's the word? A, a self-contradict, it's exactly, it's exactly what science can never be. There is a preponderance of evidence, but settled science is an oxymoron. That's the word I was looking for. And such phrases as, follow the science, and finally, willing to actually idolize, actually idolize, I have friends that actually idolize this little guy from Brooklyn who said with a straight face, I am science. So this is why I call, the reason why I call 
scientism, a particularly pernicious form of materialism, at least in the present couple of years, is that scientism has helped, supported or helped make it possible to use millions or billions of human beings as lab rats in life-threatening medical experiments, precisely the type of experiments which eventually resulted in the creation of the Nuremberg Code, which made it forbidden to experiment on human beings with dangerous medical experimentation uh, without the consent of the uh, person. People are familiar with other forms of materialism, some of which include Marxism, which is a complex and failed philosophical perversion of concern for victims of economic exploitation, which, by the way, is a very real concern and must be addressed conscientiously. The other form of materialism is, another form of materialism is consumerism, which is a byproduct of kind of the addiction to greed or addiction to things. These are, these are among various, many different forms of materialism. But scientism is the one that is particularly pernicious these days due to its participation in the horrible past several years from which we're not yet fully recovered. So human beings are meant to be fully free to realize ourselves. The reason why, the reason why our makeup, both spiritually and physically, is unbound, unconditioned, and radical freedom is because the reason why our existence is meant to result in the full realization of everything we possibly are meant to be. Those things which bind us spiritually or obstruct the freedoms needed for self-realization on the spiritual side of things all happen in a realm of voluntary life for the most part. So getting free spiritually is mostly self-work. To the extent that we want anyone else involved in that, these are things that we gen generally deliberately choose ourselves. They're not imposed on us, like finding a guru or joining a church or having a pastor or picking people I trust to uh, have insight into my spiritual efforts. It's hard to control people in this era, area because it's, in the, it's, it's voluntary. They're... they're uh, those that would want to deprive us of our freedoms and our liberty can't really access the spiritual dimensions of our pursuit of freedom and self-realization. It's hard to take away our freedoms. Also, there's nothing really to be gained uh, by that. There, there, it, you can't get out. If you deprive me of my freedom spiritually, you, you gain nothing by it. There's no, nothing you can take. Now, in the realm of spiritual pursuits, there certainly are uh, plenty of people who are willing to try to separate us from our hard-earned money by exploiting our spiritual needs and pursuits and desires, but that's a different matter. It's not really spiritual. It's just our money that uh, these charlatans and pickpockets are after. That's not really spiritual. But uh, freedom spiritually is very hard to prohibit or interfere with. The other side of being human, namely the physical, 
is equally mirror, like as a mirror, is equally meant to be totally free, unbound, unconstrained in any way. We, we are meant to be completely free to fully realize our complete and true selves. That's why these liberties are guaranteed us or are given us. Because this side on the physical side is a collective or social affair, we are sharing time and space and property and, and, and quiet in the evenings. We're sharing physical reality with others. For this reason, the designs for freedom in the physical arena have to be carefully organized. These freedoms in the physical realm must apply to all people equally, and that's where the natural constraints of my unbound freedoms are kept in check. This is the clause that keeps this right understanding from being misunderstood or twisted. When we all have equal rights, the idea of freedom naturally precludes the freedom of, say, a male voyeur or rap rapist in a wig from using the private spaces of women. There, there's just the natural, the equal rights of everyone to their freedoms is what creates a sound and sensible balance in guaranteeing uh, complete liberty and freedom in the physical realm. The founders of the United States of America considered freedom, which is safeguarded and protected and kept in balance with the doctrine of equality, to come from God. My personal freedoms come from God. They're inalienable. They cannot be taken away. They cannot be curtailed or diminished or obstructed in any way by other human beings, other than our collective recognition that there is equanimity and balance in the expression of my unbound freedom due to it being a collective uh, right shared among equals. So the founders tried to create a country and a society that manifested the absoluteness of these God-given rights, and they especially have to apply to the realm of the physical, where it is possible to deprive people of rights, unlike the spiritual side, where it's more difficult and there's nothing, there's nothing to be gained there, and people don't do it there. Unfortunately, unlike the spiritual side of things, when it comes to the physical, there, are, there is no shortage of people who are fully willing to deprive us of our rights. Sadly, this, the, 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 addic the satanic addiction to power and control other, uh, over others is too tempting for people. And given the chance, they have no qualms about removing the rights and freedoms of as many people as they can and to control as many people as they can. It's, it's basically an addiction that can't be satiated. I spoke about that in a prior podcast. Now, as you're listening, please don't be fooled to think that those people who work hard to and are willing to deprive other people of their God-given rights and their human dignity are not always like the Alabama sheriff in the uh, film Deliverance. They may very well be like a Harvard University race professor with dreadlocks or an ex-TikToker 
Washington Post doxer slash journalist woman, or even Arnold Schwarzenegger screaming into his phone, screw your freedoms. Any kind of people against God-given human rights and freedoms come in all shapes and sizes. Our physical sides, side that must be free in order to participate in the holistic version of my pursuit of my self-creation, uh, my self-realization, are first my physical bodily safety, that which I need to keep myself safe, that which I own, my home where I need uh, the heat and the protection from the sun and the cold and so forth, my property, my physical body, my property, the safety of my loved ones, and the safety of those who are vulnerable and can't, uh, cannot defend themselves. That's on our physical side, those need protection because there are people who are willing to deprive others of their God-given human rights to be free for the sake of pursuing their self-realization. The second thing that's guaranteed or that needs to be protected for the sake of us being totally free is what I can say has to be protected and who I can hang around with and go meet. Those three things are under threat by those who are willing to deprive me of my God-given human rights. My physical body, sa bodily safety and that of my loved ones and the, and, and the protection of the things I need to survive and live. What I can say and who I can meet and hang around with and associate with. America's founders wanted to make interfering with these God-given human rights, these rights held by every person ever born, by greedy, power-addicted people as hard as possible. So they insisted that these human rights come from God. Each person has them independently. They don't come from other people. They're not given by anyone. You're born with them. Now, I call this podcast, Did I Say That Out Loud? I did so in order to call our attention to the difference between thought and speech. Thought is spiritual, speech is physical. Enemies of my freedom, they may want to control my thoughts. Indeed, they do. But this is very difficult. But because speech is physical, it falls into the realm of things that elites who are addicted to power will try to control. They will try to control my speech. Because my physical bodily safety and that of my loved ones and those who cannot defend themselves from tyrants would gladly violate those things, American founders decided that in order to create the greatest likelihood that tyrants will not obstruct my God-given freedom, they, they generated the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. It's crude, but without them, unscrupulous people will despoil what God is trying to give to his people. The way to protect one's 
physical bodily safety, the way to protect one's loved ones is the presence of arms is what makes that possible. The other physical thing that I pointed out, that tyrants of all stripes are willing, just as willing to violate, given the chance, is speech. The arena in which speech is crucial is the reality of narrative. Narrative is a physical thing. Our lives unfold in the environs of narrative just as much as our lives unfold in the environs of the ecosphere, the environment. When a bad person comes to take my life or my farm or my wife, it's better that I have a gun. The bigger, the better. It might not always help. I might not be able to protect my own life or my farm or my wife, but it might help. Better have one there. That's what the Second Amendment is about. When someone comes to take away my children's innocence and insist and demand that they be brought to uh, drag shows or strip shows or that they be brought to, uh, what's it, SEL sensitivity things to confound or confuse their innocent life as children, or when someone comes to insist that my daughter should, can't feel safe stopping at the McDonald's to use the bathroom on a road trip, in these particular matters, guns are not helpful. It's a threat to our collective freedoms as equals in which guns are not appropriate. They don't, they don't work. Guns will not help protect the innocence of my children. In, perverse, uh, in the uh, schools run by perverse school board members like in Los Angeles. What is needed there is the freedom of speech in the environment of narratives. So these are the two things which the framers and founders sought to protect. I have to be able to speak on things that are disgusting, things that are inhuman, things that are illegal, things that are oppressive, things that are tyrannical. And those who have interest in controlling and forbidding God-given human rights, every bit as much as they don't like the fact that someone has a gun, it interferes with their effort to control them and deprive them of freedom. It's very inconvenient to show, to, to show up at the home to take his wife and that person has a gun. Similarly, people that want to control the narrative spaces in which you live and force your children or your daughters to be in these immoral or, uh, or, or kind of inhuman environments, what they similarly want to deprive us of is speech. So these are the two things that the framers anticipated when recognizing that God wants every one of his precious children to be completely and totally free, both spiritually and physically. In terms of God's desire that every precious one of his creatures, us, be completely free, 
And given the fact that Harvard teachers, newscasters, corporate leaders, Facebook founders, and yes, indeed, sometimes Alabama sheriffs and sometimes drunk good old boys are willing to violate my God-given human rights, the founders and the framers identified three crucial parts of protecting our freedoms on the physical side of being human. One right is that every individual, if they, in, if they happen to so have interest, is free to have a gun. It makes depriving the rights God wants us to have more difficult. Every last one of us is free to speak and write and publish whatever they want, right or wrong, true or false, because depriving someone of the right to speak is depriving them of the freedom to live and in the environment of narratives, some of which can be created to create inhumane and horrible dismantling of things held sacred. Finally is the right that you can hang around with who you like, you can associate with who you like, you can go and gather and meet with whomever you like. These are what the framers anticipated and guaranteed. We have these rights to bear arms, to speak, and to gather and congregate. Not because the framers put them in the Constitution. We have them because God created his children free, because God wants each and every individual to be unbound and unconstrained in ultimately forging the completeness of ourselves, of every single soul becoming the artist, the surgeon, the jazz musician, the street sweeper, the father, the mother, the teacher, the swimmer. In order to be this, we can't be constrained by others who would want to exploit and tamp down on us through the exercise of tyrannical impulses and behaviors for the sake of their own greed, power, and desire to control. They, can't, they should not be able to control our bodies, our farms, our families, and they are not permitted to control what we say, what we write, what we publish, and they are not meant to control who we choose to be with and who we choose to congregate with. These freedoms are needed. They're given by God because with these, every person reaches the fullness of their potential. Thanks very much for listening. Hope to see you again soon.